Welcome to Snazzy Stories. Put some pepper in thy step and lend an ear to the terrific tales of the past. Welcome to Snazzy Stories. If you would like to keep the storytelling alive, please go to patreon.com slash snazzy stories and donate to my storytelling adventure. Also subscribe to Snazzy Stories on iTunes, Spotify, many podcast apps, or go to snazzystories.com. And remember to leave an awesome review. We are living at a time when the COVID-19 virus has plagued the world and our lives have changed drastically. And in my opinion, we'll never go back to being what we considered normal again. We will continue our lives with a new normal, and I'm not really sure what that will look like. Many people have been reading up on plagues throughout history during this time in our history with the coronavirus plaguing our world, like the Black Plague and the Spanish Flu. I would like to address two other plagues in history that are quite different than most plagues we read about. The first is the Dancing Plague. This plague was recorded briefly in 1374 within many German villages along the Rhine River. This plague was called Choreomania, with hundreds of people dancing or leaping, hopping, whirling in the streets, uncontrollably, with no music for anyone to hear. These people did not sleep or eat much, and just continued their dancing for days on end until their feet were bloody and worn, and they could not dance anymore. This dancing frenzy apparently went as follows. Quote, they formed circles hand in hand and appearing to have lost all control over their senses, continued dancing, regardless of the bystanders, for hours together in wild delirium until at length they fell to the ground in a state of exhaustion. They then complained of extreme oppression and groaned as if in the agonies of death until they were swathed in clothes bound tightly around their waists, upon which they were again recovered and remained free from the complaint until the next attack, unquote. This plague spread to the Netherlands and Belgium. It came to be known as the Saint Vitus Dance because he was the saint of dancing. During the Middle Ages, the church believed the plagued dancers had been possessed by the devil or possibly cursed by St. Vitus. In Italy, some believed the dancing was because of a spider bite, and the dancing was a way to work out the poisons injected into the body by the spider. In July of 1518, the dancing plague struck again in Strasbourg, present-day France. A woman whose name was Frau Traufea began dancing uncontrollably in the street. She could not seem to stop herself, and she continued dancing until she collapsed from pure exhaustion. However, when she had recovered, she continued the frenzied dancing. This went on for days, and within a week, more than 30 people had joined the uncontrollable leaps, twirls, and flailing arms. The leaders of the city were not sure what to do with the dancers, with more and more people joining them every day. They decided that the dancers just needed to get it out of their system. The city officials indulged the dancers by creating halls for the dancers to gather in and brought in musicians so these people at least had music to continue their dancing. But this only caused more people to join the plague. 
the number grew to 400 dancers. Many of these people died of the dancing plague because of overexertion. The dancing plague continued for a few more months. By August, many had died by the dancing plague, and in September, it began to die down. However, the remaining dancers were taken to a mountaintop shrine to pray to St. Vitus for forgiveness to hopefully stop the dancing curse. The plague of 1518 is the most well-documented of this dancing plague. Some people at this time gave explanations for the dancing plague, such as demonic possession. But 20th century theories blame a toxin that grew on rye that came from a fungus. This could induce hallucinations, spasms, or delusions to people who ingested it. However, not all places where this dancing plague was present were places where people consumed a lot of rye, and it didn't just happen during the season when the fungus would have grown. And such possible hallucinations or spasms would have only lasted at the most 24 hours or so. Another theory came from an American medical historian named John Waller. He believes that the dancing plague was a mass psychogenic disorder. Usually psychogenic illnesses, or what was termed as mass hysteria, means that it is all in the minds of the people who show symptoms. It is not caused by the physical environment by ingesting toxins or getting food poisoning, but that there are stress factors in the lives of the people whom it is affecting. And it usually occurs in populations where the people do not have a lot of power. This is one reason throughout history that mass hysteria has been associated with women because women have been treated as inferior and has been seen and considered as a powerless group throughout history. This particular plague outbreak took place when the people involved were under extreme stress. Such stress, Waller believes, came from famines, smallpox, and syphilis. Also, the aftermath of the Black Plague would certainly have caused anxiety for the first indicated dancing plague in 1374. Waller also acknowledged that culturally, these people were very religious, and then if they did not gain favor with St. Vitus, the patron saint of dancing, they believed they would be cursed by being forced to dance. That would be why eventually the last of the dancers were sent to a mountaintop to pray to help them stop the plague. The possible psychogenic disorder or mass hysteria has occurred in more modern times, but this time it was called the laughing plague. This occurred in Tanganyika, or what is now Tanzania, in 1962. It sounds like it was a joyous occasion and that a laughing plague could do the world some good. But in 1962, an outbreak of what is termed the laughing plague became no laughing matter. The outbreak occurred with some girls at a school and spread throughout the communities with uncontrollable laughter as only one symptom of this plague. The laughing plague lasted many months and the communities ended up closing 14 schools due to the seriousness of this event. Oftentimes cases of psychogenic illness begin with a single event. In this case, a joke may have been told at the school and a girl fell into an anxiety-induced laughter, which in turn had a chain reaction and other girls around her 
were also laughing uncontrollably. And the laughter spread into other parts of the community and continued to other regions. Some sources say it lasted from six months. Other sources say it lasted to a year and a half. However, people were not laughing continually every day for six months or a year or a year and a half. That is impossible. When someone is laughing and says they are laughing so hard it hurts, it's because laughing for 20 seconds puts a strain on our respiratory functions. The plague attacks would happen with relapses and was not constant. Schools did shut down, and it is hard to say the exact number of people it did affect, but sources do say that it would have been several thousand. Laughing was just one of the symptoms of this event. These people experienced pain, crying, fainting, respiratory problems, and some people would even get rashes. The symptoms of the laughing plague were attacks of laughter and crying that could last from a few hours up to 16 days. Sometimes their attacks of laughter and crying also involved restlessness, aimless running, and sometimes violence. A professor from Texas A&M, Christian Hempelman, has researched this incident and he believes this event can be described as a mass psychogenic or sociogenic illness. This would have the capacity to occur in many different high-stress settings. For instance, he argues that the stress within the school may have been that the schoolgirls were experiencing higher expectations imposed on them by their teachers and parents after their country had won their independence, which occurred a month before the laughing plague began. And the uncertainties of becoming an independent nation could have induced an anxiety or stress on the people of that nation. In this situation, the people in this country had no power over the stress that was in their lives, and their body came up with this response. Hempelman explains, quote, It has to express itself bodily. That gives the person a way to say, See, I'm suffering. Something is going on. I'm not just depressed or withdrawn. Unquote. People began copying the symptoms of others because they were experiencing the same complex stress that others in their communities were. Both of these plagues, the dancing plague and the laughing plague, are misleading in their name. The name suggests something enjoyable, but alas, it was anything but enjoyable. The underlying issue for both plagues could have been due to extreme amounts of stress and anxiety that were on these groups of people. When we think of plagues, we usually think of the plagues that have been caused by the underlying issue of bacteria and viruses. But it is incredibly important not to forget those populations of people who have been affected emotionally to the point of stress and anxiety causing other types of plagues in our history. Thank you for listening to Snazzy Stories. Come back again where everyone has a story.